global shortages are causing farm input costs to skyrocket. A better way to farm shows you how to take control of inputs and maximize profits so you can farm the way you want. Now, from America's heartland, here's your host. Welcome to today's episode. We appreciate you tuning in. Rod here at A Better Way to Farm. You know our goal is to increase yields and improve profits, and we appreciate you guys who tune in each and every week to give us a listen. We're really lucky today. We have on this episode a a premier person to talk about foliar feeding, and that's what we're going to discuss. And it's also a neat opportunity because Karen let our listeners give us questions that they would like to have answered. This was your chance to ask the main man anything you ever wanted to know about foliar feeding and more. So I have an individual here, a great friend of ours. We've known each other for 23 years. It's been a lot of fun to work together and travel together and have fun together. And I'm always in awe of this individual. I'd like to welcome to today's episode, Mr. Jerry Cox. Jerry, thanks for joining us. I'm happy to be here, Rod. Been a busy week, though. But uh... <laughs> Tell us what you, uh, you've you been doing this week. I think you just finished planting beans, didn't you? Well, I'm not quite finished. We had a two-week spell there where we just were tremendously wet, and I liked about three days being finished planting, and it's just now where we can get back in. Hopefully, I can finish tomorrow. That's one thing we've been doing. I've also been foliar feeding corn since last week. We planted, I think, our earliest corn was planted on April 10th, and I was just looking at it. Now, I foliar fed this particular field last week, but I looked at it this morning, and now at B7 on that corn, so it's getting pretty good size. Wow, that's a screaming right up there. You'll be ready to hit that again here before long. I figure, yes, probably last this week or very first part of next week, I will be hitting that again. I like uh, just a little bit being finished with all of my corn, having it foliar fed once. There you go. That's fantastic. So, Jerry, let's dive in here. Give us a little background, how you got started foliar feeding and why you started foliar feeding. Well, you know, everybody has different reasons for doing things. And, and this is the reason I really started using products was to try to, you know, I, I was looking for a way to raise my yields a, a little bit without it being costing a ton of money. And I used some of the starter fertilizer products and some of the micronutrients for a couple of years, but I'd never done any foliar feeding. I think it was the third year I was actually using some of the products. I saw how a person was supposed to get the most efficient way to foliar feed and get the best yield. And I'd been entering the yield contest, the National Corn Growers yield contest for several years and of course you're always looking ways to improve your yields no matter what you're doing but i'm trying to win a national yield contest and i decided i'd I'd try foliar feeding this was in 2003 that's when it was i don't know how much you want to talk about timing and, and all that but you know i learned exactly when i should be doing this foliar feeding and some of the products that i should be using So I did start that very first year. I did not own my own sprayer, so I had to get someone to do my foliar feeding for me, which went pretty good at the early stage on our corn. 
that was like the B4, B3, B5 to B5 growth stage. I tried to hit it at B4, and I, I got them to do that, and, and everything went pretty well. Well, our second foliar feed we were going to try to do from B8 to B10 in that neighborhood, and it started raining and raining, and we couldn't get away with a ground rig. So I actually I, I wanted to make sure I did this right. So where I'm located, we have several airplanes that will uh, fly on fungicides and whatever you got, herbicides, whatever you want. So I had to hire an airplane to do my second foliar feed, and we did that. And then the third one, it's about the R2 growth stage, or, or just as soon as the silk turns brown, it was a third foliar feed. And, of course, we had to do that with an airplane. And we got it done right on time. I mean, everything. And when we harvested our crops that fall, and I had several entries into the corn yield contest, we actually came up with four national wins that year. That means, what that means, that's first, second, or third in the nation in four different categories. So that pretty well uh, convinced me that I need to be to that solar feed. And our yields, our yields, went up just tremendous. I mean, our highest yield that we'd ever had was like 260 to that point. And then the first year I foliar feeding, we topped out at 290. Now, that don't win you very many yield contests now, but remember, this was back in 2003. So just to give you an idea, anytime you had a yield of 300 bushel up until 2007, you had a national win. I mean, yep. in any class, you, know, you always had a national win. And since about 2007, if you don't have 300, you're not going to get a national win. So that pretty well convinced me to start foliar feeding. So <clears throat> now we foliar feed every acre of corn and every acre of soybeans. Okay. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Jerry, but you will foliar feed every acre the first time, like at V3 to V5, Correct. On my corn, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, How about on your beans? Now, How about on your beans? And I pretty well do. I do every acre of beans too. That first foliar feed. Now you know I said three, and I know a lot of people probably may say, "Well, I've got some bad looking corn out here. Maybe if I foliar feed it, you and it, it will help it." But to get the maximum return. You really need to be foliar feeding your best crop because we Absolutely. kind of work off of percentages. What would you rather have? Five more percent of yield gain on a hundred bushel corn, or five percent more on two hundred bushel corn? <laughs> exactly. Kind of- what do you look at on your first foliar feed? What do you feel like you pick up as a percentage on that first foliar feed, typically? Oh, I I think probably we will gain anywhere from three to five percent on that first foliar feed, and then okay. I think the second one, we're going to drop a little a little bit, but we still gain some. But I don't foliar feed on my corn all three times on every acre. Right, we'll do it all the first foliar feed, and probably about half of my acres will get the second foliar feed and my very best, probably 20% of my acres will get that 
third fold of your feet. So basically, you feed it all once, then you feed your best half, and then you feed the best half of the best half is more or less what you're looking at. Yes, you're correct. Well, I appreciate that. So let's dive in here and get into some of these questions that Mark typed in. He was the very first person when he got this chance. He jumped all over it, and he said, what tips are you using to foliar feed with? You're talking about their spray tips? Yeah, the spray tips that you're using when you're foliar feeding. Well... I just use a common 8003. We're on, on my sprayer. I've got a John Deere 4730. It's on 20 things. And I use the 8003. I can, you know, gallon-wise, when you're spraying total material, it's not all fertilizer. you got to have a certain amount of volume. You can't get up enough pressure. We haven't talked about that. But, I mean, 70 pounds of pressure is my minimum. And yep. I'll, I try to hold it between 70 and 80 pounds of pressure. I go up to 10 gallons uh, per acre, and I can hold 70 pounds real easy with 10 gallons. If I cut it, cut it back to 8 gallons total volume, then I have to drive so fast. I don't like driving 15 mile an hour uh, right. <laughs> you know, through the field on 30-inch rows. I have done, you know, 10. If you got smaller tips, then you don't have to drive as fast to, right, to get right. that pressure up there. But, yeah, 8003s is what I've basically used, and I'm sure there probably are, are better tips to use. I've just stayed with that. I'm familiar with it, and that's what I use. I have to run, on my sprayer, I have to run just a little over 12 mile an hour with those tips at at 10 gallons. So the reason I know this, I've been doing usually spraying one or two batches every day now for the last week. So wow. <laughs> I pretty well okay. know. Fresh on your yeah. mind. We haven't talked about this, but, you know, timing of the daisy is very important. I sprayed uh, uh, one batch this morning, and I was I was down to the farm at just right after daybreak and had all my stuff ready to go, and I sprayed one load. We got an 800 gallon tank. I get 80 acres on one batch at 10 gallons. So I sprayed uh, one batch. I was done by 7:30 or 8 o'clock this morning. I already had it sprayed. So, like yesterday, I waited till like 7:30 in the evening to spray because we don't want to do that in the heat of the day. We're getting up in the mid 80s down here during the heat of the day this morning when I started. It was about 65 degrees when I started this morning. So that's one thing. And, you know, it gets up there in the mid-80s. We don't even want to be out there uh, spraying. So right. that's the reason I do it all at one time. And then I say I've been spraying a batch or two a day. So I, And that's the reason, the timing. And we want to, you know, make sure the weather conditions, temperature and everything is, is perfect. So. Absolutely. You know, I got a lot of the guys, they like a stainless steel cone jet because it lets them put on a little lower volume and drive, have the choice to drive a little slower, but then you got to right. change tips around. So understood. Nathan asked what speed you run. You just told us that 12 miles an hour, but he also wanted to know about how high above the crop do you run your boom when you're doing this to get the I, best coverage? Yeah, I run them higher than I do if I'm trying to spray a herbicide on. I've usually got them up there three and a half to four feet off, I say ground. I like at least three feet above the crop 
our corn now is probably getting up there. No, nah, I'm not spraying it yet, but my next spray, I will be. It, it'll probably be two foot tall when I hit some of this with the second application. And, and I want to be about at least three foot above that. Right. Because, I mean, when you're ground spraying, when you're just spraying chemical, you're just trying to get that chemical to go down and not drift. And so you don't want a big space there. But you're trying to create that mist or that fog and just let it hang in the right. air and be sucked into the plant. So you're holding those booms up to give that more time to suck into the plant, right? Right, right, yes. Hold them very close to the ground. I, we keep them up. You don't want to raise them 10 foot in the air either, though. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I get them up there at least three foot above the, the crop. Nice, nice. So Cody wanted to know what products... What all are you spraying on your corn? What all are you spraying on your beans? Well, anybody that has never done this, you really need to take some tissue samples. Now, I've been doing it now for 20 years, foliar feeding, and I've taken numerous, numerous tissue samples. So I pretty well know what my crop, what it's going to say that I need. So to start out with, I mean, we always use a, a fertilizer for our base. I use uh, the 31818R if I've been using for starter fertilizer, the 215193. That's what I use for the base fertilizer. You know, if I'm just going to do it one time, I probably run up there, I run up there two and a half, three gallon. If I'm going to hit it a couple of times, I'll cut that back a little bit each time. I may only run two gallons total fertilizer each time and as far as micronutrients our situation now like i say you need to do tissue sampling almost all of our ground we're always going to call for zinc and boron you can almost be guaranteed that we're going to need those two micros some of our ground needs magnesium i and i add that to some of it some of it also needs manganese We'll add that to it. How much? Well, it kind of depends on what your tissue sample tests, but it doesn't take a whole lot of the micronutrient when you fold your feed to, to really do, you know, good. Uh, typically, I, I will only run about a half a pint per acre of, of the micronutrient when I'm foliar feeding. Now, also at the same time, has uh, the sugar product, the Synthose FA, I'll always run that too, and that's a uh, pint to the acre. Always run that when I foliar feed. Uh, you do that all three times, and if you foliar feed three times. Yes, I'll always add the sugar product. I sure do. Now, another product that Compton has that I really think is important, and it, it helps get the solution into the plant, is the RainFast product. Uh, always use it now it doesn't take very much because we just run one ounce per 100 gallon of solution so if i'm running a 800 gallon tank of fertilizer and micros and water all of it together 800 gallon tank i only have to add eight ounces of the uh rain fast to make it work so that's a secret to making this work, though, Jerry, because if you don't do that, you can't get it into the plant. Yeah, it makes it work much better. Yes. <laughs> Always put that in there. Absolutely. 
So Kevin wanted to know how important do you think atmospheric humidity is regarding your full air feeding? Well, I don't know. I've never done any testing. You know, I know this morning when I was going down to the farm, it was very humidity was really, really high because I mean, I was a little leery about, I could have probably started earlier spraying, but the temperature was cool. I mean, they say ideally, if you had 70 degree temperature and 70% humidity, you'd probably be about right. But we were a little cooler than that. And I bet early this morning, with there was a little bit of a haze hanging, you know, on the ground. So I actually waited a little bit longer this morning to do that. But I mean, as far as that, we have, you got dew on the plants in the morning. I don't worry about that. Right. You run the low volume, you run that rain fast in there, it touches that plant. It's it's not going to run off. We don't have it. You just won't have it. If you fog it out there, you won't have a problem of uh, running off your leaves. So I've never done any testing, you know, on humidity to actually see yield-wise. But I've heard other people talk about foliar feed and say that midnight may be the best time that you could actually foliar feed. But I'm just not work break when I want to get out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the temperature is the most important thing from where we stand in and doing this for 30 years. Yeah, I, you don't want to be out there and it gets up there in the upper 80s. I mean, I kind of call, you know, the low 80s, 82, it'd be about the hottest I'd want to be out there. Yep. Humidity wouldn't bother me. I mean, High humidity is probably better than low humidity, but I don't I don't know that for sure. But uh, sure, temperature wise, I know that's the big atmospheric condition that you you just do not want to be out there when it's really hot. Absolutely. Uh, now, time of the year we don't have that much problem. We wait another month, and then you know we'll have ninety degree days, and sometimes we have to you know <laughs> get up real early and get it done. I mean, I've sprayed when you had to have your lights on at night. And that's not bad. That, that's not a bad thing. Then your plant will start taking it in. But you know how when, especially if you get a little dry, how your plant, will, those leaves will roll up. Well, that's definitely not time you do not want to be out there <laughs> foliar feeding. No. Kevin's next two questions you've already hit. He said, how often do you do it? And we know you do everything 100% the first time and then 50 and then 25. He said to use sugar and you said, yes, you're using our Centos product each and every time you go. He also asked, you've answered this. Let me make sure I can give him the right answer. He said, what do you mix in your foliar feed? You're mixing water, fertilizer, and the micros is called for by the tissue test plus the sugar. Is that correct? Yeah, and I also add Intensify product. And also I add, uh, now I don't do this on every acre, uh, but I do it on a lot of, and also the Kip Colors Nutrient Compass, I add, I'll add that on some of it too. Absolutely. His big question, he said, what particle size are you trying to achieve? I'm going to let you give an answer on that, and then I want to share something. But so what are you looking for in a particle size, Jerry? You're talking about our spray particle size? Yep, the particle size of your spray drift. Well, <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm not really up on that. I just know we're very fine spray. The finer, the better. That's what the reason we want the high pressure to get the finer 
And the smaller tip you use, the smaller particle size you're going to have. So as small a particle size as you can make would be great. I, that's right. what I would think. Doing a lot of things, Jerry, that help them with that, because here's the deal. Number one, you're making the mist. Number two, yeah. in last week's podcast, I talked about the fact that we believe most of this fertilizer is going in through the cuticle of the plant, and those have a diameter of one nanometer, so that everybody knows what that means. A nanometer, a, a sheet of paper is 100,000 nanometers thick. So we're talking about something going in there that's one one hundred thousandth of a, the thickness of a sheet of paper. So what you've got to do mm-hmm. is make a small particle, but then the rain fast jury is what fixes that for you yeah. because it just makes it spread out, right? Right, right. The rain fast. I was going to add that before you said the rain fast. That is going to help you with that situation. Yeah, absolutely. That works. Mason wanted to know why you started full air feeding. We covered that. Tyler, I was talking about the top two or three things. And Jerry, would you agree with me? Your top two or three things are get the stage of the corn plant right, get the temperature right, and then make sure you got the right product. I think that's absolutely right. You know, I, I got to admit, you know, I'd been farming for years and years. Be honest with you, I mean, I did not know how to stage a plant correctly. You know, they talk about so many leaves i thought you went out there and counted the leaves and that's what stage it was in well <laughs> guess what that's not right you got to look for those leaf collars it may have seven or eight leaves but it may only be a v5 in the growth stage because if it doesn't have you know it's, you count that actual leaf collars determines what vegetative state it's in now yep. early that's not a big deal Counting them, it's pretty easy, but as that plant gets older, I, you know, I told you earlier, I was out looking at my corn plants this morning, and uh, some of the first I planted uh, was the 10th of April, and they're, they was at the V7th growth stage. Well, guess what? Those, the first two leaves on the bottom of the plant had already disappeared. So you've got to learn how to, to stage a plant when you can't, when all the leaves, if you cannot see that bottom leaf of the plant that's got the rounded tip of the leaf, yep. then you're missing at least that one, and you may be missing another leaf because those bottom leaves will just tear off the plant because that stalk keeps getting bigger and it, it just eliminates those bottom two or three leaves when uh, the bigger the plant gets. You have to learn how to take a stalk and, and split it and count the nodes in the stalk and to know uh, exactly what growth stage you're in. So, uh, you know, it's pretty important. Now, it's, it's easy on the on the first one, you know. The, until it gets up there about the B7, A stage, you can still see all the leaves. But the way you can tell if one's gone, if the, if the first leaf you see at the bottom is, doesn't have that rounded tip on it, you know you've lost one leaf and you might have lost another one too. Absolutely. Levi Sheriff had come on and he said, if you want to stretch a two gallon rate of, of the fertilizer into a five gallon, would it be better off to skip it than to use water? And I would totally disagree. And Jerry, you're putting about basically with the micros and everything about two and a half or three gallon of product on and using about seven gallon of water. And that's kind of a necessary part of this. I don't think there's much way other than with a drone or plane to put on two gallon of anything successfully. Would you agree with that? 
a plane can do it. The third application with the nitrogen product, the 2600.5B, that, you know, you can spray three gallons of that because that's all a plane wants to spray anyway. I mean, that's what we do. And we do that. We time that with a fungicide application. So it's not costing us. If we're going to do the fungicide anyway, it's not costing us anything to apply the fertilizer. Anybody that's using a, a plane or if you're even if you're using a ground rig, I mean, around here, ground rigs are not in the corn. They do not apply fungicide at the R2 growth stage. We just don't use our corn just gets way too tall. Uh, I haven't seen a, you know, a ground rig tall enough to not cause damage in our corn around sure. here. So uh, we're going to use the plane anyway, and it doesn't cost any more to have them do the fertilizer while you're doing the fungicide. Now, a lot of people may think, and I, I used to think this too, but I do not do this, is if you're going to apply a herbicide, is it all right to fold your feet at the same time? I do not like doing that. I will, since I have my own applicator, I will make a separate trip rather. And I'd rather, and I always wait probably at least three days if I'm going to do it after, you know, if I apply a herbicide, I'm going to wait three days before I come back and apply a foliar feed. And Jerry, I'm with you. I get a lot of people that say, can I do this? It's like, we can do anything you want, but here's the deal. If you're spraying herbicide, you do not want it to drift. You do not want a small particle size. You want Correct. to use quite a bit of water. And so it's really the opposite. Correct. So we need to make that second trip. You know, putting fertilizer in with 15 gallon of water is not foliar feeding. You're actually just kind of wasting your fertilizer. Absolutely. Yeah. You're trying to do two different things at the same time and you just can't do it. <laughs> yep. You can't pick, pick do one. Correct. Uh, do it like you said, you can do it, but you're not going to do it right. Right on. Daryl wanted to know what brand of calcium that you're using or what you get the best results with. Obviously, I'm pretty partial to our chelated calcium. You're not spraying a lot of calcium, though, are you, Jerry? No, uh, actually, we're not. Matter of fact, I, did, I didn't even get any calcium this year. Now, I have uh, sprayed a little, but uh, I've never seen a whole lot out of calcium. Uh, and I tell you, in, in some places, Iron might be another one that people might need. Now, iron will make things get dark green. It really oh, does yeah. that. Well, our soils are so high in iron down here. That's one thing we're definitely not deficient in. But <laughs> having said, that doesn't mean that you can have an excess in the soil and still be deficient in the plant, too. That's the reason you need to do your tissue testing. I mean, we've seen that before where... We thought we had all uh, all we needed in the soil because it was high and then come up the plants deficient. So I think you probably know what micro I'm talking about here. That, that, uh, <laughs> little magnesium, little magnesium there, Jerry? Yeah, magnesium, absolutely. I mean, we yep. saw that one year where it was, we had visual deficiency and the soil test was high. And you wonder, well, how in the world can that happen? Well, people want to know, but there is a reason it happened. I'll let you tell them that right reason. But. Well, yeah, you know, actually what I'm going to do is I'm going to let them join us up in Ankeny when we go to Des Moines there the 12th and 13th of July, because that's the kind of stuff that's really important to know. And that's what we talk about at those two-day fundamentals of agronomy. 
sidebar, what, what's your opinion of somebody, should they go to the two-day fundamentals of agronomy program, Jerry? Uh, definitely. Then probably they should go to more than one, but uh, go to the first one. <laughs> Which one you should go to is the next one. The next one, no matter where it's at. That's right. The next one is the best one. Yeah. Well, Jerry, that right. got through our questions, bud. Man, I know you're working hard, and I appreciate your time, Jerry, and I know you got to get the field in the morning. Uh, do you have any closing comments here before we wrap this up? One thing, you know, I know if you've never foliar fed before and it's new, don't try to do like everything. I didn't do every acre the first year. I just did my best stuff, and, and I think I did it on like 80 acres, but I really tried to do it right. I mean, I tried to do it exactly right, hit all the criteria, try to make everything as, as near perfect when I did it, and get with somebody, you know, because we're just talking, you, you, you'll have other questions, and get with somebody that'll help you out if you got questions about what you should be doing. But try some and really watch it. If you go out here and try, 2,000 acres, and and it's going to be hard to keep track of. And if you're using different micros on different places, it's just too much to keep track of. Now, after you've done it for a few years and you get familiar with foliar feeding, then, yeah, go for it. But if it's the first year you've ever done it, take your best acres and do it and really, really watch it close and try to do it correctly. Exactly. You know, what I want to encourage everybody to do is if someone from the Better Way to Farm team had you listen to this podcast, get back in touch with them. If you just stumbled onto us and you'd like some more information, reach out. You can call us at 641-919-1206 or send us a text. But we have several team members who are very happy to help you, very qualified. And Jerry, how important has the team been in working with you to get your success here with the Fuller Feeding Program? Well, it's been very important. I mean, just like you, you know, I had that problem with the micronutrients one year, and and, uh, I was asking agronomists down here, I mean, well-respected agronomists, and none of them hit the reason that I was having this problem. And you and Denny Damon had had come across this and found out what possibly could be, and boy, you know, I sent the tissue test off on my plants and wow that was exactly what you said it was i mean we did the foliar feed with the magnesium that year and and i mean in two days it was like night and you know like day and night the difference in the way it happened so you know we have a lot of experience the team does the different situations so get hooked up with some of the team members and they can really help you out sometimes you know i think the thing is jerry i see people all the time and they say oh this guy's got 40 years experience. And the saddest thing to me is I know a lot of people who've had the exact same experience 40 times. That's not the same as 40 years experience. You know, and our team is people like you who are out every year pushing, learning, studying, doing what they can. The goal every year is to be better than last year. And there's a whole group of people that can help with that. So, well, Jerry, I want to thank you for your time. And I'm just going to wrap this thing up. Yeah, I said, I'll be out here before daylight in the morning. (laughs) Yep. Yep. There you go. Get loaded up and I've got one more uh, 80 acre batch of uh, foliar feeding to do on corn. I'll be over all of it once. And, and I was looking at my first planted beans. They were, and we didn't talk a lot about soybeans, but they were at the B2 or almost B2, the second full trifoliate. So I would say next week I'll probably start on the beans. Well, I appreciate that. So, 
Well, Jerry, thank you for your time. But if there's anything we can do, guys, reach out. Let us give you a hand. Let us talk you through this process. And if you can get to us, we'd love a phone call or a text at 641-919-1206. Thank you for tuning in, Jerry. Thank you for helping us. And guys, we really do hope all of you are having a better day. You're listening on the Verbal Crowd Network. Find more great shows at verbalcrowd.com.